Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still very much knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 66, recorded on the 5th of March, 2019. Well done. Thank you very much. I'm I'm on a roll. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the third yeah. in a row that actually was intelligible. Yeah, you know you said the wrong date. Just kidding. Oh, for fuck. <laughs> If you if if the listeners had seen my face, okay, you're. So the next episode is not going to feature Simon because Simon is going to be drowned. They actually pouring a bunch of concrete just outside here. So how convenient! Exactly. Moving on. Right. What's <laughs> what's happening? I just came back from Sigma Bits in Manchester. In Manchester, and you just came back from Tech Days in Finland. Yep. So. I'm going to go ahead and start. So many interesting things were released at oh, Bits. They released things at Bits. They did. They they released the CTP 2.3, so the Community Technical Preview 2.3 of SQL Server 2019. Ooh, interesting. And for the first time in a long time, there were updates to SQL Server Analysis Services. Mm. And that's a tool that's been lacking in updates, so yep. to speak. But holy cow, this one was worth it. As of 2.3, this is a super preview feature. Something called Calculation Groups just came out. Okay. And Calculation Groups is fairly easy to explain, but as Marco Russo and Alberto Ferrari put it in their blog post, we're going to spend months, if not years, finding out what this can do. Ooh. So this is arguably either the largest or one of the absolutely largest updates and changes to the, the DAX language and, and analysis services in, in modern history. So what is it? One of, the, um, one of the issues with a big data model is the proliferation of measures. Let's say, for instance, that you have order or, or sales data, and this is one of the examples that Microsoft has given in their blog post. For each and every piece of information, you are going to need a measure or, or a number of measures. For instance, year-to-date sales, a lot of, of time-related stuff okay, So, in yep. order to track this. That means for, for each data point, you're looking at maybe 10 or 15 or 20 or more measures. Okay. So yeah. if you have a lot of data points, you have a lot of measures. Yeah. And that is kind of hard to keep track of in the data model. Mm -hmm. So what a calculation group is that is that you can take a number of measures, put them in a kind of a virtual table that is a calculation group, and then you can choose from this table, i.e. you have basically one measure that contains a crap ton of measures, and then you can add this to... to um, to your data so that's one thing mm -hmm. then you can do what is called sideways recursion that do means you have the coolest feature names i know all right? technologies sideways recursion yep. so that means that one of the calculation items in the calculation group can depend on another calculation item and thus be updated at the same time in parallel thus sideways so it is it is completely mind-bending I've looked uh, at this yeah. for a while, yeah. and I would be lying completely if I told you that I understand any of it. And this is super beta. It is only available in 
only available in a very specific compatibility level for analysis services. Yep. It does not exist in, in Power BI yet. And we, we have just peaked at the, the very tip of the iceberg, but so many cool things are coming on this. I think this is one of the reasons why we need to start doing video with this blog post, uh, podcast. My only issue with this is that that means I need to understand this. <laughs> so let me come back to you in 2024. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, yes. And I, I do believe I understand parts of it. Mm -hmm. And if so, that must mean that you can do things, perhaps things you are haven't been able to do at all previously, or at least speed things up immensely. Well, you can do all these things, yep. but it is messy. Yep. And this is cleaner, quicker. So it, cool. it definitely gives you some, some interesting tools. Yeah. So that's one of the things. So when are we seeing your blog posts on it? I'll be honest. Yep. I don't get this. Yep. I'm going to have to bang my head against this one and I'm going to need to talk to so many people because yeah I, I I don't get this good Not that yet. we are two weeks away from a certain trip to the US then yeah uh, so this is basically the iPad of SQL Server no one knows what to do with it but it will change your world well I'm pretty sure that the people that get it know exactly what to do with it yeah. and as with the iPad fair enough and I know for a fact that Marco and, and Alberto has held up their um, latest revision of their book yeah. in order to get this into the last chapter. So cool. they, they've been looking at it. Yep. Another interesting thing is something hidden, hidden behind something very, very boring, XMLA endpoints. XMLA endpoints means that you can access a Power BI data model from anything that talk, speaks XMLA. So Ooh. that means that you can actually use another tool to access a Power BI uh, data model. Kind of so, useful. So I may be completely wrong now, but we have discussed the um, the difference between ClickView, Tableau, and Power BI. Mm -hmm. Stop me if I'm going in a completely wrong direction. No, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where you're going with this. And one of the things that we have said about Tableau mm -hmm. is that it's... It looks amazing, mm -hmm. but Power BI is better at crunching data in certain perspectives. Mm -hmm. So would this mean that you can crunch the data in Power BI, because that's the better tool for it, and then visualize it using Tableau? Bingo. I'm starting to learn things. Yes, you are. And th this is th it's, it's a very good observation, because that's exactly what you could do, yes. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. It is. Would there be other use cases other than making a pretty dashboard? Yes, I'd say there is, because that means that you can kind of like the um, Power BI data flows yep. that manipulate data and then store the whole shebang in a data lake, yep. and then you can access the data lake. This means that you can crunch and do your data model in Power BI yep. and access the data with a third-party tool hmm. that does not necessarily has to be a visualization or nope. analysis tool. So looking at this from a marketing and sales perspective and the Microsoft view on it, this would mean that you could use Power BI in places where you previously have said, no, we have ClickView, no, we have Tableau, but now you could use Power BI and combine it with existing technology or other third-party tools for the matter. Not at all impossible. And this also 
means that the, the whole premise of SQL Server Analysis Services becoming a subset yep. of Power BI is is moving forward. Power mm. BI is going to be the BI tool to rule them all in the Microsoft stack. Yep. Cool. Yep. And then uh, another interesting thing, we can now support Java inside SQL Server. Is that a good thing? You know, I don't know. <laughs> but because that means that you have to pay for it now. Oh, dear. You had to pull that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I did find out that the PM for that, Nelly Gustafsson, yeah. speaks Swedish. Yep. Obviously. Yes. Yep. She turned out that she she um, she grew up in Sweden. Yeah. And when we were talking and I asked her, um, Gustafsson, where, where, where are you from? Well, I was... I was raised in Sweden. Oh, why are we speaking English? Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. that was that was good fun. Yep. So in in so great. Do they usually release stuff during bits? It has been known to happen, and, and this is because this is a huge release. Yes and no. I mean, it's a CTP. Yeah, yeah. But and and for us uh, who are standing knee, knee deep in this yeah. tech, so what I did there. Yeah. It's, well done. It's, Don't it's, be so proud of yourself. <laughs> the smug, smug, smug on your face. The smug. The smug on your I face. I think we have the name of this episode, <laughs> the smug. <laughs> it's it's a CTP, and that's not a an official release, so to speak. But it's it's a good place yeah. to release it. And it was an amazing keynote. Yeah. Buck Woody uh, is just, yeah, he's out of this world. So and, and how was the conference? Because this was your first bits. This was my first bits. And as I told everybody who would listen, this is not going to be my last bits. Yep. And the funny thing is, it's, it is so hard to put into words, yep. so hard to put your finger on. But stepping through the door, I got an Im immediate and, and very deep feeling of contentment. People yep. were happy. I ran into so many smiling orange shirts. That's the... Yep. the um, the equivalent of the purple shirts. <laughs> it's the helpers. Yeah. So 66 or 67 helpers, yeah. complete volunteers. Everybody was happy. Everything was super ordered. Everything was where it was supposed to be. It just worked. That's it great. was great. Yeah. Awesome. So that was bits and pieces from bits. Uh, yes, Simon. It was bits and pieces from bits. Yeah. Now you're smiling. Of course I am. Mm. This so is my natural habitat. We've been missing out on something the last few episodes. Have we? Yes. What? Like Intune and Config Manager yes. builds. And I'm a bit sad because of that. So Okay, take it away. Yeah, I only have four pages of news in Intune. Uh-huh. Since we always prioritize Power BI over Intune for some reason. Well. Uh but the the main thing I would like to mention now is that we now have the official Intune PowerShell module available in the Microsoft PowerShell Gallery. Oh, hello. Yep. And if you haven't tried the Intune PowerShell module, you will be amazingly thankful for what's in it because there there are things in there which will save you so much time and that will really put Intune, as I see it, ahead of close to every single other MDM because you have integrations which is super powerful and super easy to use. Could you give me an example of what to use the PowerShell API for? It's it's 
probably easier to say what you can't use it for. But we had a I had a discussion with a colleague yesterday. He's putting up RBAC, role-based access control for mm-hmm. Intune. Mm-hmm. And to do that efficiently, you need to tag all your resources with a tag. Because if they are tagless, you will actually see all the resources. Because Intune can't understand that if they aren't tagged, what should you see and what should you not see. Okay, fair enough. So we would use PowerShell to tag all existing resources because this is an existing environment, an existing tenant, and tag everything. And then ensure that we also can use PowerShell to automate the tagging of resources moving forward. Right. And then use that to build our backflows. We also have the possibility to... One of the first things I know Nikolai uh, released was the ability to monitor APN certificates. That's now included in the console, but if you would like to do that in some other way. So APN stands for Apple Push Notification Certificate. Right. The certificate you need to have to control your iOS and Mac devices, since right. that goes through Apple. If that certificate expires, you lose control of all of your iOS devices. And that's irreversible. Irreversible. Yes. We have had customers with thousands of iOS devices which previously didn't have control or monitoring of that certificate. And if it expires, you're screwed because you do not have access to that device anymore since all the communications goes through via Apple. Oops. Yeah. So how do you get out of that bind? You renew the certificate prior to... Yeah, but if, if you let it expire, what what do you need to Re-enroll do? Re-enroll to... all devices. Holy crap. Yep. And that means manual work. Yes. Top tip, guys. And don't you have let... to reset the device. Don't. Oh. To reset device, re-enroll. Congratulations. So don't let the certificate expire. No. Okay. Uh, we also have new improved support for delivery optimization. The future of content delivery with Intune, something I really enjoy looking at and working with. The Veeam32 app deployment type is now out of preview, so it's now an official feature. Mm. Works great. That's the tool I used for the Power BI blog. All right. Yeah. Um, And a bunch of other cool things. And speaking about cool things, we also have a new update to Config Manager, a new technical preview, Mm -hmm. uh, which, and this is Again, 1902.2. Because, yeah, because the config manager team sometimes feel that they want to release two new TPs per month. Oh. Yeah, because they just have so many features. Right. Uh, so we now have additional languages for Office 365 updates. So we can now use this to deploy all supported languages for Office 365 client updates. Mm-hmm. which hasn't previously been available. We can integrate with analytics for Office 365 Pro Plus readiness, which is great. So if we want to upgrade a new to a new Office Pro Plus release, we can ensure that your macros, your templates, whatever you have, will be supported in the new release prior to upgrading them and build collections based on this. That's that's a very interesting thing. And it begs the question, 
is it common for that kind of stuff to break when you update your office stuff? Do you have any idea? I, I would say that if they break during upgrades between Office Pro Plus versions, and now I'll be getting myself into some bad reviews, but if you do that, you probably have written it wrong the first time. Okay. It's, on the other hand, very common that these things breaks going between the volume licensed versions and going between, say, 2016 and Pro Plus because they work differently. Okay, fair enough. But if you break something between Office upgrades, you should probably look into it yeah. to see why yep. because it shouldn't really. No. But then again, things shouldn't break between Windows 10 upgrades either and still things do. Hmm. Uh, and we also have new improvement to phased deployment which is great. So now you can actually set number of devices successfully deployed as a success criteria before moving on to the next gate. Oh, that's... So instead of having a percentage, we now have a fixed number if we'd like to. Yep. It's becoming pretty slick. Yes. It's, um, it's It's great new stuff. Uh, definitely, I think we discussed the 1902 previously, but a lot of fun things coming out. Um, we're we're still seeing that Config Manager is in no way, shape, or form dead. We'll still have Config Manager sitting around for quite a while moving forward, but we also see how fast Intune is getting new features. So I have a number of really interesting projects coming up with Intune as the only management tool, but also where we combine them in co-management. And those uh, projects that are coming up with only Intune, how much of the real estate is on-prem? Most, I would say. Interesting. I have, to be honest, very few projects currently where you have the, uh, so the Roadrunners, the widespread workforce, Salesforce, where which would be the obvious thing to use Intune. But we're also seeing quite large environments which could potentially be managed with Config Manager moving into Intune, especially education, because the usage pattern of those devices is perfect for Intune and very hard to work with with Config Manager. Interesting. Yeah. And like I said, we also have a number of smaller organizations looking at it. Uh, If you look at Ireland, where I spent uh, a week a few weeks ago training on this uh, i'm also going back there in april again to do the same course again yeah intune was something that they have been looking for and wanting for a very long time because currently most of their devices are man- unmanaged apart Ooh. from wss yeah that's not and and gpo deployment of applications as well which is horrible Fair enough. Is there a, a price difference between Config Manager and Intune? You actually get to use Config Manager if you buy regular Intune licenses. Okay. But usually you... So that's the full Intune license. I can't speak for the business model or business cube. I think it's included there as well. All right. But you then need also need to have the uh, CALS for it. mm so usually you have Config Manager, you get it really simple in, in almost every SKU if you buy something on-prem uh, because that's included in your Windows licenses usually. All right, right, right. Um, 
so it's it's hard to say price difference yeah because you don't pay a monthly fee for config manager but you on the other hand need to have the infrastructure to support it sure yep so i went to finland i was about just about to say that how was tech days i am i'm bummed that i couldn't make it this yeah. year but last year and the year uh, yeah the last year was yeah. was just perfect yeah they, so they've changed the venue this year which many yeah. said was a bad thing because this was a regular yeah like, this was mesocascus yeah that's the central yeah and that wasn't too fun it was a good venue i would mm-hmm. say but it not very inspiring i've heard of many good things about last year's venue yeah it was very cozy yeah now so th- this worked all, all right i would say uh, lots of people. I've managed to get quite a lot of audience interaction. Oh, really? With my, I had like 150 people on my session uh-huh. uh, on Windows Virtual Desktop, and that was great. Lots of good interaction, many good questions. Lots of people that search uh, search me up afterwards and had even more questions and wanted to discuss things. If any of you are listening, I am following up on the questions I took away with me. Okay. So I have a few questions that I need to get back to certain people on. Right. But I'm I'm really, really pleased. And the review so far has been very good. So happy to hear it. Yep. And um, I I do not like saunas. <laughs> but I went into a sauna that was warm. And then... that Oh, so you went into a sauna that was warm. Yes. How... And then jumped in a very cold Baltic Sea and had a swim. That was refreshing. Refreshing. Then I went into another warm sauna. Hmm. So to thaw out. <laughs> what? What? To thaw out. Thawing, unfreezing. <laughs> I've never heard that word, to be honest. But yes, thaw- thawing. Yeah. Cool. I, I hate when that happens. Mm. I like snow, so I was a bit disappointed with the snow levels in Helsinki, to be honest. <laughs> Non-existent. But I had a great time, uh, met lots of people, both attendees, lots of speakers, had a great speaker's dinner, a uh, great uh, dinner between the um, Thursday and Friday. Uh, in general, a great time. And um, I went home with a Ninja Cat hoodie. You did? Yeah, I bought one. You bought one. <laughs> well, some days you just had to shell out the cash. Yeah, and, and I, I can tell you that they had an auction for them. Mm-hmm. I was the only one bidding for mine. Oh, really? And I can tell you, if you didn't bid for it, you missed out on something because that's a great hoodie. I had it for one minute, then my wife stole it. That is the definition of a great hoodie. Yeah. That woman, she knows her hoodies. Yeah. And (laughs) the previous hoodie she stole from me was actually the Tech Days speaker's hoodie from my first Tech Days. No, not the hideous purple one. Yes, which I also ended up getting in XXL, since that was the only one left. Yeah. Yeah, that was good when my wife was pregnant. Well, you could still fit two of her in it. Yep, probably. And it was purple. Very purple. Yeah. This, This one was gray and with an awesome Ninja Cat on. I also have a few limited edition stickers. Now you're smug again. Yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I would like to say something about the new Windows Insider update as well. Sure. 18, 3, Why, not? Why not? New emojis, end of story. Oh. No, it, it's really about intelligence when it comes to emojis. No. 
No, just no. You cannot have the words intelligence and emojis in the same sentence. You just cannot. Try again. So, so, so they use, we can now use keywords to get emojis or something called cow emojis. Cow emojis. K-A-O emoji. Which is basically special signs using used to so the the classic it, smileys. <laughs> we, I, we need to end this episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> and also a bunch of improvements, of course. So we're waiting for it. Should be here this month, the nineteen H one release. But we'll see, since nineteen H one could really say any time. It's 19H1 and is that the preview or is that the the next it will be called 19H1 is that the next version of Windows so they have already started to roll out the 19H2 and also if I remember correctly the 20H1 it's, oh really it's currently a bit confusing alright but when can we reasonably expect 19H1 to be generally available you think no clue. Since they've changed it to 19H1, usually we should be getting it beginning of April. Okay. If you look at 1703 yep, yep. and so on. But since they've said 19H1, no clue. But they are definitely getting it done. It's it's mostly about fixes and so on. All right. And I, I can stick in with... Um, we got an information that Secret Server 2019 yep. is going to be released in second half of 2019 oh now that can mean december 30th yep but it's it's coming along nicely and there are so many just weird things going on in there intelligent query processing if you think you're smart look it up (laughs) and we'll get that sorted for you yep cool good and yeah I ran into something yeah. very, very weird the other day. And I talked to a, a few people at Bits about it. Some some very, very knowledgeable when it comes to the uh, the optimizer. Hugo Cornelius is one of them. So basically what, what I uh, stumbled upon was a client that said we have a performance issue. We have 180,000 rows. We are doing an update and it takes four minutes. Yep. So... Digging in this, it turns out that it's a, a specific query that does a cross-apply. That's a query that runs an inline function. Yep. And this function, in turn, runs another function, and both of them are, are fairly not very cleverly written. And the final query did a select top one from something, 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 ordered by a, a counter number. Yep. So w- the whole reason for that function was to give you the highest uh, i.e. the last number for a specific tool and my first thought was the top implementation is slightly slower on SQL Server than it is from Oracle and this was a a converted database but just on a whim I changed it from a select top and order by to a select max. Mm. And this is where things just went completely bonkers. Because <laughs> everyone I've talked to said the same thing. You should see the same um, 
same performance, you should see the same query plan. Yep. But just doing that change, two lines of code, I was down to two seconds. Whoa. From four minutes to two seconds. Do you know why? That's the thing. I I have some ideas. And they have to do with how SQL Server handles statistics on table-valued functions, or doesn't, I should say. But uh, no, I'm going to try to reproduce this in my lab. I'm not sure that I can, but I'm going to try and just see if I can find a pattern. Hmm. But it's so so, so so the client was pleased, I guess. They were. They were. They've had people in for weeks and weeks and weeks looking at it. Yep. And uh, I, I pretty much looked at it for two hours and, and did one change and it worked. Yeah. So you speeded up both the actual query, but also the work by a couple of thousand percents. And in this case, it's about a hundred times. Yeah. So uh, about a hundred times quicker. And you solved it a hundred times quicker and it was a hundred times quicker when you were done. It was a hundred times quicker when I was done from four minutes. Yeah, but to... someone had been looking at it for weeks and yeah. you solved it in two hours. Yes. Then you are a hundred times faster in solving it. Oh, yeah. In a way, <laughs> you could. That's your tagline: the one hundred times faster man. You know, <laughs> we are not going to have this discussion because <laughs> it can be applied to so many bad ways. No, bad Simon, <laughs> bad Simon. And on that bombshell, it is time to end this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Simon is a bad Simon. And uh, have a good one. Bye. Bye.